You're listening to Shalise's podcast. All right, well, let's get this party started. Okay, well, Father, we thank you for another broadcast. We thank you for part four in this series that we're going to wrap it up today. And I thank you that you have specific things that you want to share with us today. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is active in our lives, leading and guiding us into all truth, showing us the future, setting us free. And we just want to tap in to the power of the Holy Spirit today, Father, to renew our minds and transform our lives so that we can experience the fullness of all that Jesus died for us to inherit. We thank you, Father, that we truly are new creations and that we are seated in heavenly places right this very minute. So open our eyes, Father, to the reality of the gospel, to the reality of the truth that sets us free and enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we can know the hope of our calling. And Father, we can not just know the truth, but we can experience it. We can experience Jesus. We can experience life in the kingdom. We can experience resurrection life and living. And so just take us where you want to to go today, Holy Spirit. Think through my mind, speak through my mouth, and bless our socks off today with some nuggets that really are good news. They taste good because you are good, Father. And I just give you all the praise and all the glory in advance for doing the work today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. I, can you believe it? This is the fourth episode in our Are You In Your Right Mind series, and we are going to try our best to wrap this up today. I've got some really good uh, just revelation to share with you as we dive deeper into this whole concept of being spiritually minded and what that means and how to live from a place where we are thinking with the mind of Christ and not being led by our unrenewed mind and the pattern of this world. And so let's start off today, let's kick things off by revisiting the scripture that we've really been jumping off on just this entire series. And it's from Romans chapter eight, and I'll start reading in verse five. And here's what it says. It says, those who live according to their flesh have their minds set what on is, sorry, let me start over. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with their spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Verse six, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Verse seven says the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, though, it says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Okay, so we're just going to stop right there and go back to verse 6, where it says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And so this entire series, we've been talking about these two minds. And I like to think of them as two mindsets or two origins of our mind. And we talked, uh, I think two episodes ago, about the myth that we have a sinful nature or a sinful flesh. 
Uh, we talked extensively about that. So if you haven't gone and listened to that, I really feel like that's a precursor to even entering into what we're going to be talking about today. Not that you won't get something out of it, but I just want to kind of direct you if you've grown up in uh, a theology that says that we have a dual nature, that we have a sinful nature, that we have God's nature, we have a born again nature or a righteous nature, and that these two natures are at war against each other. And I wanted to bring that back up today because we're not talking about our natures, right? The old man, the old nature was crucified with Christ. Sin has been extracted from you. <laughs> you are a new creation. You were co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected, co-ascended, and now you're co-seated with Jesus. And we've spent quite a bit of time talking about just the truth of our co-identification with Christ and the importance of knowing who we are in Christ and living out of an identity that is not identifying with sin or a sinful nature, okay? But we also have talked about this, con this, this whole topic in the context of mind renewal. And although we do not have a sin nature, uh, the truth is, is that we have been, we've grown up in a world that has been governed by the flesh. And we have been programmed over the course of our lives according to the pattern of this world. And we have learned all kinds of falsehoods about ourselves, about life, about human beings, about everything, money, you name it, what's possible, all of those things have been programmed into us over the course of our life, according to just the people that were around us, uh, the, the authority figures that we had in our lives, the, you know, where we grew up, the culture, all of these things. And all of that makes up what scripture refers to as the pattern of this world. And so I want to hop back over to another scripture that we've been visiting in this series, which is Romans 12, verse 2. And I'm going to read it um, in, again, in the NIV translation. And here's what it says. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But let's see what, it's, let's go back here for a minute. It says, do not be do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I've been making the point over these, the, over the, during this series that mind renewal and being spiritually minded go hand in hand. Okay, when we are spiritually minded and our minds are renewed to the truth and we are thinking in agreement with the truth, we are thinking in agreement with the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of that thinking is life and peace. And when we are thinking according to the pattern of this world, when we are thinking with our unrenewed minds, well, the, the fruit of that is death and all that goes with it, right? Depression, anxiety, uh, stress, uh, worry, all of these kind of negative states of mind and negative emotional states of being absolutely are tied to the way that we think. You know, I've talked a little bit about it and I'll just review it here that thoughts are tangible. You know, uh, Proverbs teaches us that, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And science, uh, particularly neuroscience, teaches us that our thoughts directly affect our physical bodies. 
that every thought we think creates a chemical reaction in our minds, that our thoughts, although they are invisible, they are not intangible. In fact, if you put, you know, those little probes on your head and you monitor your brain waves and your brain activity, you will find that the way that that the way that we're able to do that is because every thought produces an electromagnetic frequency and it is accessing our, our hard drive. It's accessing our neural network to process and interpret sensory information and present back to us the things that we believe are true about whatever we are experiencing. I know what I just said was a mouthful, but I'm sharing that to basically say that thoughts, both scripturally and scientifically, are not, um, they're not intangible, they are tangible. You know, I even chatted and talked with you guys about some experiments that have done been done where you know two groups of people went into the scientific study where they were really studying the power of our thoughts and i talked about how there were two groups right one in this one group in the study was going to go to the gym for like eight weeks i don't remember the exact timing and then one group was just going to simply imagine that they were going to the gym and for eight weeks or whatever the duration was one group was going to go work out and the other one was going to work out in their mind and what the study showed was that at the end of it, that the people who worked out in their imagination had the exact same increase in their muscle mass as the people that actually went to the gym. And you can you know, Google this study. I mean, this is a well-known study in the world of neuroscience. And there's lots of other studies that have been done around this concept that our thoughts are creative, that our thoughts influence our bodies, our thoughts influence the external realm. And that is just the way that God designed us. God designed us in his image to be creative, to dominate the material realm. And in scriptures like James, it talks about the power of the tongue. In Proverbs, it talks about the power of the tongue, that death and life are in the power of our tongue, that any man who doesn't offend in speech, it says in James, is perf a perfect man, that we can control our bodies with our tongues. And so words and thoughts and this whole inner world and the world of our heart and the world of our mind is even though it's invisible in the sense that, you know, you know, I can't read your mind, I guess, unless I'm operating in a gift of the spirit, right? Like Jesus did and could perceive people's thoughts. Not that that's not that not that that's impossible. But my point is, is that we don't walk around most of us on a daily basis reading each other's hearts and minds. However, we can read people because we can sense what's going on internally because of the electromagnetic frequency of their thoughts and of their feelings. And so this is why if you've ever been around um, someone who's angry or someone who's lustful, you will actually sense those things. And in Bible language, this is, you know, in the spirit because it's invisible. But today's science and today's, um, you know, all these experiments that they've been doing have been showing that there is a science of the spirit even. And that science and the spirit agree because if, if it's good science and it's true science, that science is simply confirming what the Bible is already teaching. And so this whole topic of, you know, understanding our thought life, understanding mind renewal, understanding that the way we think is either going to produce death or life and words that produce death and life is really a very major thing for us to grasp because we are constantly creating reality based upon our inner world. 
And so that's why scripture teaches us to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and to go after strongholds with the power of the Holy Spirit, right? That the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, for the pulling down of wrong beliefs, right? So, you know, taking imaginations and philosophies and theories and beliefs captive, meaning bringing them into the light of the Holy Spirit so that he can show us why we believe what we believe so that we can actually repent and change our minds. I mean, these these principles, when you understand them and you understand kind of the science that goes along with them are so, so, so very powerful. You know, there's entire, uh, fields of study in the medical world that just study the placebo effect. And what is the placebo effect? It's just the idea that our beliefs can completely heal our body. And if you know anything about the placebo effect, again, they take two groups of people when they're testing some kind of new drug and they give one group the the new drug and then they give the other group a sugar pill. They just give them a placebo. And what they have found is that just the simple taking of a pill by people who think they might be getting the real deal leads to them having the same results as the people that actually took the medicine. And so again, the placebo effect is another very real um, it's a very real concept. It's a very real truth. In fact, drug makers have to actually think about these things and the effect of the placebo when they're engineering new and manufacturing new medicine. And so science scientists are very aware of this. I don't know that they understand the scriptural pieces of it. And a lot of times I don't know that the scriptural people really understand the science of it. But I am, I'm just enthralled by these things. I am so curious and have been for many, many years. You know, what is the science behind faith? What is the science behind mind renewal? Because if we can partner with the way that God created our brains to work and created the world to work, if we're to dominate it because we are in Christ and we are here to release the kingdom and set captives free and have heaven invade earth, well, guess what? There are principles that are all throughout scripture that share with us the way that faith works with words and our thoughts and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, another way of thinking of that scripture is out of the abundance of the subconscious mind, the mouth speaks. And so beloved, if we are going to step into being spiritually minded people, we really have to enter into the realm of true repentance and mind renewal. And when I say repentance, I'm, I'm not talking about going to an altar call and feeling really bad about some behavior that you did that is sinful or, or repenting to someone else, confessing what you've done wrong to someone else. True repentance, if you look at the Greek and you, 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 you analyze what it's saying, it really means to change your mind about something. And in order to change our minds about something, we have to get to the, uh, get below the surface. We have to get to the level of the heart. We have to get to the place where we believe something subconsciously. And the Holy Spirit is so good at his job. He's so good at leading and guiding us into the truth that sets us free. And that, so that we can know it, so that we can experience it, so that we can actually believe it in our hearts, not just mentally agree with these truths, but make they're true for us. And, you know, there's so much I want to say about this topic because, you know, our subconscious beliefs are running the show, you guys. 
Um, we have been over the course of our lives, as I talked about, you know, being conformed to the pattern of this world, we have adopted and picked up all kinds of references to what things mean, right? We, we go through, you know, a, a rejection of some kind in our lives and we, we make meaning around that. We, because of the pain of that, we, we form beliefs based upon the things that we experience, both positive and negative. And, you know, a real practical example of this that I like to use sometimes is there's a lot of people, for example, who believe, you know what, I'm just not a public speaker. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't speak in public. And most people that have that kind of belief about themselves and have a fear of speaking in public, it's because something happened somewhere in their past where either they were ridiculed when they, when they stood up and, and spoke or they froze or there's a negative experience that taught them to believe that about themselves. Okay, the same would be true for really anything that we fear, the fear of flying, uh, the fear of just, you know, whatever, spiders. I mean, there are reasons that we believe the things that we believe, and they are based on the things that we've experienced in our past. And so why am I sharing that? Because if we want to get down to the place of what we truly believe, we need to move beyond just this mental ascent of the truth or this like verbal like yes i believe this like because the truth is if you want to know what you really believe you can look around your life uh, and see what your thoughts and your words have actually created and i can tell you this is so very powerful i mean i have so many examples of this in my own life and so many examples of this in the lives of my students i mean i I can talk about how my own mental health was completely transformed when I stopped saying I'm crazy. Um, I know that seems crazy that I would say that I was crazy, but for the majority of my teens and my 20s, I did. I mean, I almost wore it like a badge of honor, like I was wild and crazy, unpredictable. You never knew what was going to happen. And the truth is, is that I suffered with anxiety and I suffered with depression. And when I got a hold of some of these truths that death and life are in the power of the tongue and that my body is speech activated because the entire scene realm is speech activated, that's how it was created then i started to really get a revelation of this the word of god says i've not been given a spirit of fear but of power of love and a sound mind but it wasn't enough just to like say that i needed to begin to undo really at that point you know over a decade of speaking the wrong things and believing the wrong things you know i could um give another example about infertility and how i had unbeknownst to me because I was adopted and my mother couldn't have children that I had, you know, just by default, not even really consciously aware of it. I had developed a belief system that said that I couldn't have children. And I, I was having miscarriages based upon those beliefs and really through the power of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding me into a new belief system that was scripturally based and really giving me a vision of me nine months pregnant, walking around in the garden with Jesus and chant transforming what I believed at a heart level. Well, guess what? I've got two kids now. And these are just two very simple examples of how changing what I believed about myself and, and working with the power of scripture and the truth and the Holy Spirit and encounters with God and meditation totally transformed my body, my mental health, 
my ability to have children. And I mean, I could give, I could literally spend the rest of our time together giving you scientific examples of this, giving you personal testimonies of this for me and others. I mean, this is the truth. And what scripture tells us that if we are spiritually minded, that if we are thinking the truth of the spirit of God, if we are thinking at a heart level uh, with what Jesus thinks about things, operating with the mind of God um, in a revelatory manner, at a heart level, at a subconscious level, we will be transformed. And true mind renewal happens at the heart level, at the subconscious level. True repentance happens at a subconscious level, at a heart level. And what, it, what the tragedy about this is, is that so many times when we step into church and we step into Christian circles, we just are so judgmental about, you know, towards people who are struggling in their life, whether it be with an addiction or whether it be with their weight or whether it be with any kind of behavior that is sinful. And we just begin to judge them like, you know, just stop that, just stop that, change your mind. And a lot of times we will tell them to do things that really end up making us into Pharisees because we haven't changed changed at a heart level. We haven't experienced the truth that sets us free. And so we, we kind of develop this culture of behavior modification and a kind of a pharisaical world because that's what Pharisees are, right? They're, they're people who say all this stuff. They're people that act all right, but the, in the, at a heart level, it, it, it's not authentic. It's not authentic. It is fake. In fact, you know, a Pharisee is an actor. It's a hypocrite. It's someone who is acting like they got their act together, but they're suffering in their heart with the, the wrong uh, beliefs and the wrong uh, image of others and of themselves. And so what we want in the body of Christ is honestly a safe place, a safe place to renew our minds, a safe place to confront what is in our hearts uh, because it doesn't define us. Okay, our unrenewed mind is not our identity. It may control us. It may it may influence what we're experiencing in life and, and even control that to some degree, but it does not define us. Our definition is righteous in Christ. Our definition of who we actually are is one with Jesus and our minds just have to catch up to it, right? Our minds have to be renewed to what Jesus accomplished for us so that we can experience it. It's not enough to know it. It's not enough to be thankful for it. It's, it's a knowing, it's an inner belief system that gets renewed through the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the word of God. And it's a process, it's, a, it's an experience with the Holy Spirit. And you know, in the work that I do, this is really day in and day out what we're doing. I mean, Emerge is called a school of transformation, or in other words, I, I, you know, I say, hey, it's a school of transfiguration. Why? Because it's a mind renewal school. It's a school that invites people into an experience of God and an experience of the truth. And because uh, we understand the the, the the, the relationship between the way that our brains believe things and the way that they are changed, we see dramatic results. We literally see the transfiguration of people. They look physically different. They are healed simply because of mind renewal. 
Third John 2 says, beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health, right? That you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So this soul prosperity is where true prosperity comes from. Abundant life either is blocked or released by the way that we think. Being having life and peace is either released in our lives because of the way that we think, or death is released in our lives because of the way that we believe, right? And so I wanted to dive in today, and I have definitely talked about this on on uh, you know episodes in the past, but I wanted to give right now a very practical example of how transformation works when you get to the place that the stronghold lives in our brains, okay? When you get to the place in neuroscience language where the belief was imprinted, okay? It's, our brains are fascinating, you guys. They are made up of billions of nerve cells or neurons that are connected and, and wire together based upon our beliefs. And so if you wanna know like from a neural, neuroscience standpoint, what a stronghold is, it's just simply a what, what scientists call, neuroscientists call a neural net. And we have neural nets and beliefs that have been imprinted to in, in, our, in our brain, they've been hardwired into our brain over the course of our lives. And we thank God, because we wouldn't be able to drive a car if we didn't have a neural net for driving or do math, because, you know, we have a neural net for, for math. Um, but, you know, it's really been over just the last several decades that, you know, scientists have learned about neuroplasticity and the idea that our brains change, that they, they, they can be rewired. And of course, scripture has taught us this. But, but now it's like the science is catching up and it's so exciting because what it means is that we can change anything. And we can create new things. We can create new beliefs. We can, we can experience healing in our bodies just by changing the way that we think. We can experience greater levels of abundance in all areas of our lives, in our relationships, in our finances, in our careers, in our callings, basically by changing the, what we believe. And if you want to understand really how strongholds are formed or how these beliefs are imprinted, you need to go back to how that pattern is functioning in your life. And I'll use a simple example of this, and then I'll talk a little bit more in the realm of more like addictive behaviors, okay? Or coping mechanisms that we've developed over our life. And in the very simple example, actually, um, there's a lot of different ones I could use, but I like to use one um, that a good friend of mine uses. <clears throat> and it's the example of driving in the car with your spouse. And I know that none of you have ever experienced this before, but so just bear with me here. But it's the example of a husband driving and a wife in the front seat, and they're late to some kind of engagement. And the wife, you know, wanting to help, gives the husband directions and says, hey, don't forget, honey, but we need to turn left two lights ahead. And, you know, instead of the husband just saying, well, thank you, dear, for that um, thoughtful uh, insight, instead goes off right and it's like hey do you want me to pull over do you want me to drive do you want to drive you know i know how to drive what's your problem like why are you always giving me directions like do you think i'm an idiot what i mean you can drive right now and if you've been in a car situation with your own spouse or with your parents or whatever you know this is a pretty common example but you know here's the truth that husband is not responding to the current situation 
Okay, what's happening in his brain is it's so fast because our brains are, I mean, incredibly fast processors and it happens below a conscious awareness level is that previous beliefs are being presented as long as well as the emotions of those previous beliefs and the 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 memories that those were believed believed in or the the neural net that 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 holds those beliefs and holds those emotions are giving meaning to the present situation and so uh, when, you know, the husband decides to bring that into, I'll just, you know, use an example of one of the, the, uh, mind renewal, uh, tools that we use, it's called a rapid mind renewal session. When he brings that into a session and he asks the Holy spirit, he like brings up like, you know, my wife's always giving me directions and you know, blah, 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 but I always lose my cool and I, you know, just come out of peace and I'm not operating the fruit of the spirit. And I really, I really don't want to be like that. So they asked the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, when was, what is this triggering? What is this current experience? What beliefs are there? What's happening? And immediately the Holy Spirit brings up a memory of this, this, this husband when he was six years old. And he brings back an experience where he, his father was teaching him to, to ride a bicycle. And in the memory and in the experience, basically the father says, when you get down to the end of the driveway, make a left circle around the driveway, uh, and come back. But when he gets down to the end of the driveway, a car drives by, startles him. He ends up crashing his bike into a tree, bending the spoke, bending the handlebars and really destroying the bike. And of course, his father in this scenario begins to yell at him. You are such an idiot. You can't do anything right. I told you just to go down and come right back. You, you know, I'm never buying you anything nice again. What is wrong with you? Right. And just completely explodes. But the Holy Spirit lovingly begins to reframe those experiences and says, okay, what did that child, what did that little boy believe as a result of that? Well, the belief of no matter what I do, it's not good enough starts to surface. Okay, maybe the belief is that I'm an idiot, right? Um, maybe there was a maybe there was a decision made there that I'm never going to allow someone uh, to, to give me that kind of uh, feedback again. You know, but the point is, is that in that original experience, there are beliefs and there are unresolved emotions that are driving that current experience. And if you are not aware that that is how our brain works, you'll just think, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. I don't know why I'm exploding. I don't know why I'm reacting in certain situations this way. But the truth is that is how you're wired. That's how you're programmed. That is how the pattern of the world worked in your life. Because as a child, you did not, you just interpreted things based upon a childlike understanding of the world and made meanings of things, not recognizing that even what you were doing. And the truth is that from about the age of birth, you know, really the womb, all the way to, to the age of 12, our brains are like sponges, just, just learning, 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 and wiring, wiring, wiring. And so in this instance, the Holy Spirit just begins to minister the truth. Uh, and, and begins to say, no, you know, no matter what you do is not good enough. The Holy Spirit's going to say, listen, you're not under the law. You're not under a law of performance. You're not trying to be good apart from Jesus. You're one with him and begins to give them a, a new experience and a new reality that now begins to uproot those lies and uproot the things that the, that little boy believed. And when those things are erased at the point of imprint, when those things are erased at the place that uh, those that emotional pain resides. Well, guess what happens? Transformation. 
And so the next time the husband's in the car and the wife gives him direction, you know what happens? Nada. Nothing happens because it's not triggering unresolved pain. It's not triggering unbelief or wrong beliefs that were imprinted over the course of that man's life. And when you think about what I've just shared, and now you start to put it into different kinds of behaviors that are showing up in our lives, okay? Maybe it's an overeating habit, or maybe it's an addiction of some kind. Well, these are complex um, belief systems and ways of acting and reacting that have, they're just programs, guys. They don't define us, but they do control us just like the programming of a computer controls the programming. And when we don't understand this, uh, we can have a lot of guilt and we can have a lot of shame rather than recognizing that it's just bad input in, bad input in, bad input out. And there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus because mind renewal is not uh, designed to be a condemning exercise. I mean, the Holy Spirit knows why we believe everything we believe. He knows every one of our neural nets. He sees it and he doesn't just look upon outward appearances, but he looks upon the heart. He doesn't judge us according to the flesh. He doesn't judge us according to our behavior. He judges us according to, he convicts us of righteousness. He says, you're guilty of being righteous. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is simply going into those places where we've believed lies, where we've been imprinted with wrong beliefs and renewing those things. And so one of the ways that he does that is by taking us back to the original imprint of what we believed or really just defragmenting is what I like to call it, the hard drive, and really taking us back to those places that are influencing the behavior. You know, when's the first time that you use sugar to uh, calm yourself down or deal with disappointment or deal with a trauma of some kind and begins to kind of unplug you from that source of comfort with the truth? You know, another powerful way that the Holy Spirit will do that is he will give you a new imagination. And that works exactly like these folks that imagined going to to work out. He'll give you a visualization like he gave Abraham, that he was the father of nations and say, you know what, go look at the stars. Your true identity is as a father. It doesn't matter that you're 100 years old because your body is controlled by your thoughts and by your meditations. So sometimes it'll be a new vision. This is why I talked in previous episodes about why visualization is so powerful. It's why Olympic athletes and um, elite athletes uh, employ it in their training, right? They see themselves hitting, uh, you know, hole in ones. They see themselves landing, you know, the, the gymnastic routine. They see it over and over and over and over again, because they are creating not only muscle memory and, uh, changing their body, but they are, they are creating the future through the, the power of our thought life. Um, Again, you know, there's other examples of this where people have practiced the piano, just imagining that they're playing the piano. They're not actually playing the piano and having an increase in the dexterity of their fingers and having an increase in their skill at playing the piano without ever actually touching the piano. And so there are a variety of ways that the Holy Spirit partners with us to renew our minds. And I wanted to bring it up today because so many times what happens is this cycle of 
our programming really driving the behavior, driving our choices, driving the, 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 the things that we are doing in our lives emotionally and our words and the way that we act. And, and the decisions that we make. And what ultimately happens is we get these results based upon these wrong programming. But then what happens is then we start to condemn ourselves because we have the wrong results and we get shame over the fact that we're caught in this like pattern of behavior and this stronghold. And we just begin to accuse ourselves or agree with the accuser that, you know, what the heck is wrong with me? Why can't I change this? Why can't my loved one change this? Like what's happening here? And we don't understand that this is not a conscious choice that people are making anymore because it is truly a stronghold. It's truly a neural net and programming that has to be accessed. And, and the Holy Spirit is literally a supernatural mind renewal newer he absolutely knows how to supernaturally transform us with an experience of the truth whether that is an experience at the original imprint where you you know the husband was riding the bike or whether that's a visualization of the truth like was which was the case for me and being able to overcome uh barrenness in my own life but these are spiritual scientific principles and the holy spirit works within the framework that he created human beings to function and so let go of the guilt guys quit making yourself wrong for programming that you didn't even really consciously know that you were partnering to install in your brain at the time that was installed okay this is one of the beautiful things about the mercy of god is that he understands this this is why the law never works in fact the law is the problem and if you go back to even previous episodes in this series i talk about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and how because we uh, have inherited that from adam in our minds that we're constantly judging we're constantly making meaning out of everything that we experience we're judging this right we're judging this wrong and we've been doing that in our entire lives under the pattern of this world forming belief systems of right and wrong and all kinds of other meanings about ourselves about money about marriage about food about you name it you name it and we've been judging independently from God and so to be spiritually minded means that we're laying down our relationship with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we are now coming into the place where we are able to spiritually discern outside of our judgment and we are able to partner with the holy spirit to renew our programming to renew our minds so that we experience transfiguration we experience transformation and it's not just lip service it's not just doing the right thing you know white knuckling it the whole time you know you're really mad inside but you've got a smile on your face you know it's not that it's authentic transformation it's authentic freedom that is 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 coming from uh, from truth-based programming and you know beloved this is such a powerful powerful um truth and and uh just reality to recognize you know god is not angry with you because you're missing the mark and and not controlling your temper or you know am i you are not in agreement with it you know what that's why you feel guilty that's why you feel ashamed that's why you're coming into agreement and having all of this ne negative self-talk about yourself and the wrong things that we are doing in our lives it's because in your spirit in your heart you don't agree with it 
That's really what the Apostle Paul was saying in Romans 7. And he's, you know, when he's saying, I want to do what I, what I, what I, I want to do the right thing, but I'm not doing the right thing. And the thing that I don't want to do, next thing I know, I'm doing it. And then he says, oh, who will deliver me from this body of death? Oh, thank God, Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? And so being led by the Spirit means that we're partnering with the Holy Spirit to not just, um, you know, do the right things from a wrong place in our heart, but to to walk in freedom, to walk in uh, the the experience of what Jesus has done for us. It's not enough to know it. It has to be a way of being. And a way of being comes from a mind that is spiritually minded. It is, it is the mind of God operating in us and through us. And the beautiful thing about it is, is that we have access to it. We have access to the perceptions of Jesus. We have access to the revelation of God. We have been given a spirit of wisdom and revelation, you guys, because we have the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of wisdom, who is the spirit of revelation. And he is not convicting us of sin. He's convicting us of righteousness. He is coming to say, you are righteous. You are guilty of being in Christ. You are guilty of being holy. Now believe it. Now, why don't you believe it? What, what's, what's going on underneath the surface? I'm safe. We can go here together. There's no shame. I'm not going to, going to, um, you know, uh, punish you because you are being controlled by something that you don't even recognize that you're being controlled by. And so, beloved, this is an invitation really to, um, I don't know, drop the, the blame game and drop the accusations against yourself and instead run to the light, run to the light, run to God in these areas of our lives where we we're experiencing these things. We're not, we're not living in the fruit of the spirit. We're not abiding in Christ. We're not, we're not seeing ourselves as one with Jesus. We're not showing up in our daily lives and in our relationships um, with love and joy and peace and all the fruit of the spirit, right? I mean, we need to own those things when we do show up and you know what, we lose our temper or we, you know, whatever, we, we see these things in our heart. It's not like we're just saying, oh, well, that's just my programming. So I don't have to be responsible for that. No, you absolutely have to own it. You have to own it because you have to own it in order to transform it. You can't change something you don't own, right? Um, I mean, in my own life with my own kids, I own it. I mean, guys, I mean, this is all of us. Anybody that would tell you they have arrived is a liar. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, no one's arrived. Jesus Christ is the only one that ever arrived. And yes, we've arrived in him. It's not our identity. It's not who we are, but we are all partnering with the Holy Spirit to be conformed, not to the pattern of this world, but to the image of Christ. We are in a mind renewal project with the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of the spirit in our lives as we change and repent at a subconscious level. And so we own these things, right? We apologize to our kids. We apologize to those that we, we react out of old programming and old trauma and old wrong beliefs, right? We own the consequences of our wrong decisions and we, we own those things. And we say, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to repent. <laughs> I'm going to repent. I'm going to change this with, through the grace of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to confront the parts of my heart and my belief system so that we can, we can walk in more freedom and we can show up in the world as the, you know, as Jesus, um, with skin on, 
you guys. So no condemnation for it, but yes, ownership of it and true repentance, which is just saying, okay, I need to change. Holy Spirit, why am I acting this way? What's happening here? What do I need to shift? What, 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 did, what do I need to see that's different? You know, what is happening in my thought life that's showing up in my body, that's showing up in my finances, that's showing up in my relationships? What am I believing? Where's my soul not prospering? And, and don't, like I said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I remember I had this beautiful conversation with Jesus one time and he was telling me that we were going to look at under the covers of some things. And, you know, I just knew that meant, oh no, you know, like, oh no, we're going to look at some things that are, are not, I don't want to look at those things, Jesus. These are not pretty. These are ugly things. I didn't know what it was, but I didn't think it was good. And I remember telling Jesus like, oh gosh, what if it's bad? What if it's, what if it's ugly? And he said, oh, it is. He just let me know. Oh, it is. And I was like, oh, um, well, I, you know, I, I was like, well, what? And this is what I said. I said, well, what if it's so bad that like I throw up or something? Like I just can't handle it. And he said, Shalise, you might. He said, but that's what I do. You know, I get in the mess. I'm not confused about who you are. You are. I've already seen these things. I'm not shaming you. I'm not condemning you for these things. These are the very things that I came to redeem. I make beautiful things out of these things. So let's go. Come on. Don't be afraid. We can do this together. And I'll tell you, Jesus is the best, you guys. He's just really the best. He is just such a beautiful person and, and so gentle and so good and so loving and so um, just non-judgmental because he does understand. He understands what we don't understand. And he's experienced the world. He understands how this happens. He understands all of it. And he gently leads us into this place of agreement. And so many of us, you know, we've been believers for many, many years. And, you know, the Holy Spirit's been doing it and starts, you know, and stops. And, you know, we just, we because we don't even understand what's happening. And we do operate under so much condemnation and fear of looking at things. And, and, and if we, ad, we admit something, then it means something else about us that isn't true. And so we hide, we hide and, and, and shame is, it becomes this cloak that we wear. And then we, we can't be authentic with people because we're shamed and and everybody's playing cover up and everybody's wearing masks and everyone's pretending that everything's okay and guys it makes the church unsafe it makes the body of christ unsafe and we just end up not having the impact in the world that we want to have because we are not operating from a place of understanding these principles and when you do i promise not only will you have more compassion for yourself but oh my goodness, you will start to have compassion for others. And you will start to realize that the body of Christ has the answers because we have the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of truth. And as we begin to be set free and we walk through that process of freedom with the Holy Spirit, well, guess what? Not only do we have compassion for others, but we see others and we begin to understand how real transformation happens. And so, I mean, I'm so grateful that this is my call. I'm so grateful that I, I've been led by the Holy Spirit into all of this because frankly, I needed it so bad. I was in so much bondage. I've been through so much in my life and Jesus has healed me. The Holy Spirit has healed me with the truth. And so beloved, I just bless you with, you know, just a greater understanding of the things that we've been sharing in this series. You know, go back and listen to it. I've shared a lot and I wanted to wrap up, you know, this series with this particular topic because 
uh, if you don't understand some of these things, and maybe I should have started out with it, but it's okay. I just, I'm just led by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I trust that he's going to, you know, help you uh, assimilate this and, and, you know, listen to it in whatever order that you need to listen to it in, share it with your friends, share it with your family, and really begin to make this, these truths your own, right? And as always, you guys, we are here to serve you. So if you want to, you know, do a rapid mind renewal session with our team, you know what, we offer those, you know, you can, there's a link, you can, you know, uh, purchase one of those, you can, uh, uh, schedule one of those at your convenience. You know, if you really want to dive deep, well, then you know what? Schedule a breakthrough call with my team. Let's talk about Emerge. Let's talk about a three-month immersion in these truths and this process that literally releases sons of God on the other end that hear God clearly because we've moved all that junk and that wrong belief about God out of the way. They're experiencing union with Jesus. They're very, they're, they're absolutely 100% clear on their call. And, and operating the intimacy with God and the union with God that it takes to actually do it. I mean, that school is just, I mean, I just had a graduation last week and it is, it is unbelievable really what the Holy Spirit is doing. It is so incredibly supernatural and so transformation. I just sit back in awe. Um, yes, because even though, you know, it's my school, it is really the Holy Spirit school and he is transforming people's minds. He is transfiguring the body of Christ through the school. So however we can serve you, please, please, please reach out. We are here. The break call, uh, breakthrough calls are free. There's massive breakthrough that happens on those. And we can talk to you more about Emerge, if that makes sense. We can chat about the other things that we do here to help people um, renew their minds and walk in the the experience that Jesus died for us to have. All right, you guys love you. Uh, thanks for tuning into this series and we'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalisa's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.